welcome to another week of podcasting. See how quickly time flies. I hope your February is rolling out well. I hope your quitting journey is also not only bearable, but beautiful. Oh yes, beautiful. Isn't the path of life full of beautiful petals of lessons amidst the thorns of trial and discomfort as we tread through its forests? This week we have been blessed with lots of snow and lots of sun. Sounds ironical, right? My teeth literally got cold and were getting numb today. Today during the walk. Cold teeth, huh? Interestingly enough, also today. As I did this podcast, I felt the warmth of the sun on my face. And thanks to Joe, he made us some delicious green juice. Precious. These moments are great lessons on cold and warm experiences we have in life. And how important it is that we learn to enjoy both and grow through the sad and glad, the good and the bad, the old and the new. Welcome to the 10th podcast where mundane meets mastery. Coming to you from the northern hemisphere of the beautiful continent of Europe, I'm your host, Beryl Aseno Nyamwange. Welcome again, Wednesday. It's the day I choose to talk about quitting. It's in the middle of the week when you are not rushed as a Monday would. Neither are you slowed down with eyes fixed on the weekend as a Friday would. I believe the content will leave you pondering and asking yourself needful questions for the rest of the week. I am asking myself questions too. Hey, come to the arena where little things are the big things, where everyday living is the best life, where every day has something worth highlighting where boredom is taken to the boardroom of the mind and comes out bearing rich thoughts that build hearts' walls. Here we speak potential, inspiration, edification. Eat the pie, taste the sweet and savory in the world of words and growth. Here we are becoming. Proverbs 16.23 says, The sweetness of the lips increases learning. Today, our quitting is on resting love. Resting... The year just begun. We are busy resting. You must be wondering who is taking rest in the middle of February. But guess what? We need to take rest every single day. What is rest? To break away from the norm? To relax and be in no hurry? To do something that allows for the body to rejuvenate? Rest could also be induced by setting regular bedtimes. Rest is good for the mind and the thoughts good for the moods and the attitudes. We need rest. Try escaping rest and awaken the irritability inside of you. The impatience and the ingratitude. Rest is mandatory if we want to live a life of mastery. Why do we need rest? We are machines. The human body is a machine. A machine has an engine. We have engines that work. We grind, we cut, we do all manner of tasks. We transport and we lift and then we need to cool down. Then we can rise up and work again. Quitting as restful love. Last week in our podcast, we went together to the mountaintop. Today I'm asking you to join me on three very short trips. Very short but worthwhile. Listen carefully before we start the tour. On the first trip, We will be right here on land, not going anywhere, but learning a lot. Learning a lot as we learn to walk. In the second trip, we develop some wings. We will fly and soar above in the airs of comfort. And there too, learn some lessons. 
in the final trip, we will start our journey here and end up in the most beautiful destination. Listen carefully. Three trips. Are you ready? Trip number one starts here. Life is full of birthing opportunities. Dreams are born. Desires are born. Wishes are born. Visions are born. Missions are born. Animals are born. But the greatest of this is when humans are born. And I mean literally when a child is born. In the birthing of opportunities, there is immense joy. And the opportunities also come with some challenges and risks. In the birth of our dreams, the joy is not that we have dreams, but the sorrow is that we fail to execute them. In the birth of our desires, we need a lot more self-examination and heart checks to ensure our desires are aligned with our purpose. That special calling we each have to maximize our gifts and talents for the benefit of humanity and for the glory of God. In the birth of our wishes, oh, sometimes we just have to let them go. We ask if they're healthy or covetous, worth pursuing or worth burying, worth growing or worth weeding out before the roots get deep. Are our wishes worth sharing or worth shutting up about? Sometimes we have great wishes, but the time to share them is not right. Until in our cooperation with the divine, he grants us some amazing ideas and we see them develop wings of flight to higher purposes. Oh, and with this comes vision. For the mission and vision must go beyond the wishing to the doing, the acting, the pursuing and the growing, the multiplying and the inspiring. In the birthing of animals, I can only for the sake of this episode think of the saying, the elephant in the room. Those big things we avoid discussing for fear of ridicule or inconvenience. So much to birth in our lives, right? But the first trip I want you to go with me is the birth of a baby. You were once born. I was. Have we remained babies? Nay. But there are certain growth spurts we have had to go through. And when we were babies, we behaved just like that, like babies do. On this first trip, we're right here on land. Here we use our feet to find our way. But before then, we can't even walk. Envision with me a baby on the mother's lap, most likely breastfeeding or asleep. If the baby is not crying, there is a quiet that surrounds the moment. The baby is probably looking at the mother's eyes or just breathing softly. Too young to know or comprehend what is going on, the baby is responding to its body's needs, food, sleep, rest, pee, and more often than not, crying. Why is this first trip important? This trip teaches us comfort right where we are. The baby is not moving. It has to be moved. It is not in control. It is responsive to what it desires. However, if the desire is not helpful, mother won't allow it. And soon this becomes visible when the little toddler begins to walk. The hands and mouth are in agreement. Whatever is picked by hand finds a way to the mouth. And mother and father know best what should not go to the mouth. But as the child, often not. This trip is one of comfort and not control. Yes, comfort and not control. Comfort and not control. The needs are met, but the budding toddler has not much control over right or wrong. Restful love, comfortable in the arms of the caring one. Not attempting to control the caring one. A gentle trust in the arms of the one holding me. 
the sleep of peace and quiet, the feeding on that which grows and develops me from childish behavior to the maturity of character. It comes with crying when what seems good is denied. But the giver knows not only what is not good, but what is best. Comfort, not control. What does this have to do with our quitting? Let's keep conversing. Trip number two is ready. I told you about birthing that includes animals and the elephant in the room. Hopefully there is no discussion too ugly for us to face in the rooms of our hearts and with others. But let's look up and spot the flying eagle on its second trip. Eagles are amazing birds. There's so much to learn from them. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 30, a man named Agur is as fascinated by eagles as we are. In fact, he says, there are three things too wonderful for me, four that I cannot understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a snake on a rock, the way of a ship at sea, and the way of a man with a maiden. He starts the wonder journey with the way of an eagle in the sky. Let's start our flying and soaring now after the little steps we took on our first trip from mother's breast to trying to hold on to a few things, stuffing our mouths with what we know not. Mother Eagle, intelligent creature, she's going to show you how to gain confidence. She will free you from confusion. It's going to be a bit rough this time round. You're not held on arms. You must find your own, but with help. The way of an eagle in the sky, what does this have to do with our quitting? No longer walking alone, but soaring high. The way of an eagle in the nest, let's refer to baby eagle as eaglet. The eaglets get to a certain size or maturity. Suddenly, everything changes. One day, the mother eagle comes back from shopping in the woody branches of the mall. But this time, there's no food in her big basket. And she doesn't land on the edge of the nest. Instead, she hovers over the nest. Why isn't mama entering the house? You may not know this, but an eagle can do almost what a hummingbird can do. Even though they're not great birds, they can remain almost motionless in midair with those great wings just floating in the breeze. They do this about three feet above the nest. I'm sure if little eagles could talk to one another, and maybe they can, one would certainly say, my mama, what strong wings she has. But they don't know yet why. Why does mother do this? She's not acting. She's teaching. She's demonstrating to the eaglet that those curious appendages on the baby's backs called wings have a useful function. Eaglets, of course, were meant to fly, but they don't know that. If you take an eagle and separate it at birth from its parents, it will never learn to fly. It will just grovel around in the dirt like a chicken. It might even look up and see eagles soaring overhead and never guess that it was meant to soar in the heavens. Can you imagine that? Eagles have to be taught, and that's the mother's job. So, first, she demonstrates it. What a great teacher. The next thing she does is come down into the nest and surprise her young. Yes, surprise them. One can imagine how warm it must normally be for the little eaglets to snuggle with their mother and be enshrouded with her feathers. But this time, she puts her head up against one of the little ones and pushes that little one closer and closer to the edge of the nest. Hey, mom, what are you doing? 
All at once, she pushes the little one out of the nest and the eaglet falls down, the face down on the cliff. Surely to be destroyed? Never. As speedily as she can get, Mother Eagle flies down, catches the little one on her back and flies up and deposits it in the nest. Whew. Mom, that must have been an accident. But it wasn't an accident. The mother bird pushes the little one out again and again, over and over. This is not about confusion, but confidence. Not confusion, but confidence. Those little appendages called wings have a function. Why would a mother do that to her young? Does she hit the little one? Not at all. It's just that those little birds were made to fly and they don't know it. So she's going to push them out of the nest, out of their comfort zone, beyond comfort to controlling their own wings and now entering the arena, not of confusion, but confidence. She never lets them hit bottom, but she does let them fall because they have to learn something they don't know. Falling is a part of the flying curriculum. When they were born, they were enrolled. Now they're getting the point. The next time the mother eagle comes back, she decides to clean house. And so she stands on the edge of the nest. The first things to go are the feathers inside the soft carpet. She drops them over the edge. Then she leaves the room empty because even the leaves are collected and there's no more interior decor in this house. The whole carpet is gone. No wall hanging, bare space. While this is going on, she's not very talkative either. Mom, what are you doing? She pays no attention. She is intent on building the house, but not for the eaglet. She knows now how to take it apart. Next, she decides to take the sticks out of the middle of the nest. The Christmas tree must go down. It's February. And with her great strong beak and feet, she's able to break them off and stand them straight up. Mom, it's not comfortable in here anymore. Then she takes certain key sticks out of the nest and throws them over the edge. What are you doing, Mom? You are wrecking my room. You're right. She seemingly pays no attention to the concerns of her young as she prepares to pull the nest apart. For she's determined that those little ones will fly and she knows something they don't. She knows they will never fly as long as they remain in the nest. Comfort is not enough and confidence may for a moment look like confusion, but there comes a time when the wings of the eaglets must be controlled by the eaglets themselves. Quitting from comfort to confidence, you realize you have no control to begin with but you're being prepared for confidence journeys. Notice that the young eaglets learn flying by practicing their wings on good winds. The hymn writer put it so well, under his wings I am safely abiding. The first attempted flight departure can be abrupt, with the young jumping off and using a series of short, stiff wing beats to glide downward or being blown out of the nest while wing flapping. The initial flight often includes a short flight on unsteady wings followed by an uncontrolled landing, but it only gets better as long as the comfort zone is demolished. Deuteronomy 32, 12 says very clearly, and 11, as an eagle starreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. 
quitting, not a journey of confusion, but ones of, one of confidence building. Our final trip today, remember? We started our journey on land, learning to walk. Then we moved on to flying, soaring above in the good winds. And now our journey takes us to soaring beyond the skies. Yes, there's such a thing. You are on a walk. You've been looking forward to this adventure. But a few minutes into your walk, you realize it's not all roses, but that the thorn of fatigue is real and it breaks hard. The weather is not always what you want it to be. Thunderstorms rush you to get home. The rain makes you wet and the sun pelts your skin with intense heat sometimes. But the views, oh, the views, they are majestic. Your walking partner is sometimes quiet, but sometimes he speaks. He tells you how far you're going, but your mind can't fathom this distance. Out of love for each other, you keep walking. It is no longer about convenience, but commitment. Not convenience, but commitment. Not moods, but attitude, the right one. Didn't you agree to take a walk with him? You have a goal, but he has a better goal for you than you can imagine. You're not on the path to only feel good. You're on the path to grow, to flourish, to inspire, to live, to live forever. That's beyond the skies of soaring. What does this soaring beyond the skies have to do with quitting? For you are looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. This is not convenience, but commitment. Quitting as restful love has three lessons for us. Number one, not control, but comfort. Number two, not confusion, but confidence. And number three, not convenience, but commitment. Back to number one, not control, but comfort. The walking journey. You are his child in a quiet environment, responding to the physical needs around you. You are waiting for food, shelter, clothing, a spouse, a child, a job, health, profits, good news, healing. Could some of what you really desire be unfit for your mouth? He knows that you should go inside of you. He knows what should go inside of you and what shouldn't. Could some of the desires be unhealthy for your heart? It is important to ask this question as we wait on the Lord. Yes, we will cry when he pulls it away. But who knows what is best, we or he? Our hands of desires rush through our passions, but not always are this in line with his will. In your quitting, know that what he pulls away from you is not good for you. He has the best for you. Will you cry or wait patiently? You're actually free to do both, he understands. In him... We will find rest. David knew this. He said, my soul finds rest in God alone. Rest like a child upon his breast. Number two, not confusion, but confidence. You probably felt much pity for the baby eaglet, but you're glad she can now fly. Our father is not acting upon us when we have to wait. He's demonstrating to us his love. He's teaching us that those little appendages we have called faith must be put to work. He's cleaning our nest from fears of the unknown, from restlessness, from doubt. And this, when we exercise those little wings of faith and fly in the good winds of trust in him. Sometimes you won't hear his voice, but you will never fail to take notice of his presence. He is determined that you fly. He knows something that we don't know. Restful love, it is not confusion, but a building of your confidence in him. And lastly, not convenience, but commitment. Here is where our maturity is tested. 
We have learned to walk and we can fly and soar. But can we soar beyond the visible skies? We are on a path with him. It is a path we agree to follow. What is our motive? To feel good or to please God? Rocks and pebbles may fall on us, but we're not alone. This is the path that takes us beyond the soaring. In our quaiting, we cannot afford to miss this perspective, for if we do, our lives become only temporary. We must soar and behold that better world prepared for us. Seeing light through the divine lenses will make our quaiting worthwhile and our destination will be like no other. Today, rest in his love, not because you're fatigued, but because faith finds sweet rest in him and your love is content to rest upon God's shoulders. A mundane life wants control, is confused and seeks convenience. A life of mastery finds comfort in the Father, confidence for life, and makes commitment to follow Him no matter what. Quitting is restful love. Until next Wednesday, goodbye!